welcome to our first ever episode of the Faithbridge Women's Podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined us today, and I'm so excited about the next six weeks with you ladies who will be listening out there. My name is Ashley Irvin, and I serve in our women's ministry here at Faithbridge, and I have a lovely co-host. Could you tell us who you are? Hi, Ashley. This is Kasha Glass. I get to serve with Ashley every day uh, in Grow Groups and Discipleship. It's truly a blast. We are very blessed to be together. (laughs) Um, Well, since this is our first time to do this podcast, let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect. So for the next six weeks, you can listen along on our Stronger Together series, episode one in your ears right now. We know that not everyone's available to attend our on-campus events during the week, so we hope that you can be encouraged weekly by listening in with us here. This series was inspired by our women's event, Renew, which happened last week. If you missed that event, you actually can watch it online right now at faithbridge.org renew. So in our event, we talked about Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, which says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. We take a sharp turn when we trust and put our faith in Jesus, who died the death that we deserved and rose again so we could be reconciled to God. The sharp turn moves us from darkness to light. And if the gospels are sharp turn to light, then Christ-centered community are the rumble strips that keep us on the path. So we got to talk all about this topic in our event, and Kasha did a beautiful job of leading our uh, panel of ladies through some questions, intentional questions about community and how that's impacted their faith. Kasha, what were some things that stood out to you about what they shared? Well, first of all, it was a great opportunity to just see tables full of women on campus, um, many for the first time since COVID, some for the first time ever we had women that had discovered FaithBridge online and came to renew to see what it was like in person. So that was really exciting to see that building excitement around the women's event and just around community in general. So I think that led great into our panel. We had three women with very different backgrounds. That was really interesting for me to hear. Um, We had Christy, who uh, many of us know her as the director of Bridging for Tomorrow. So we see her as this woman that has it all together. She's got these leadership skills, but she told a a pretty vulnerable story about um, growing up in a background of abuse and trauma and Mm -hmm. chaos and being afraid of community because for her, safety meant being alone. And uh, man, she told us, you know, she had believed those lies that to be safe, I have to be alone. I can't show what's really going on uh, with me to other people because they will reject me and or um, maybe even try to take advantage of me. So that was really eye opening. I loved Christy's story. Then we heard from Jen, who uh, told about Um, needing to move from a time when uh, she was going through divorce and didn't feel like she was supported in her past, but then how all that changed as she met community at Faithbridge and was remarried and going through an infertility journey and had these women. And she was so funny because she said, it was my first week there in a women's group. And yet I just felt free to tell them about my infertility journey. And they started praying for me. Do you remember? Yeah. She was like extrovert here, um, but modeling for us that, hey, you want to find people that can can pray with you and walk with you through hard things. Um, And then I think um, 
for me, one of the really touching stories was Anne's story about um, uh, her um, first husband taking them off to El Paso to plant a church, pulling them away from community, and then just the heartbreaking um, revelation that he had was not being faithful to their marriage, um, had sort of a double life going on um, that sort of detonated a bomb in their family and about her fleeing back to Houston to community and um, finding safe people to be able to process that with and to walk beside her and and heal her and her family. Yeah, it's so encouraging, I think, to hear their testimonies and the things that they've walked through with community. And I think it encourages me personally, that idea of, I can be vulnerable with the right people about the things that are going on because I know that there's people like Christy Sprague, who's the executive di- director of BFT. She she has gone through things and been able to share that with other people. And I think that encourages us to uh, bear our weaknesses to safe people. Um, and, and that was what I was encouraged most with last night. Just hearing their testimonies, I think, continues to spur me on towards seeking out community, seeking to... Um, know other people and be known by other people, which I think continues to spur us towards Christ, especially in those crisis times in our lives when we feel isolated or feel like we we don't know how we're going to go on. But those people who who are Christ-centered around us can spur us on in that direction. And that's such a such a big deal. I like how um, it got a little real too, right? Because yeah. <laughs> Christy was like, first time I showed up at an event, I went to the wrong table yeah. where evidently seats were being saved. And I was, uh, you know, she, and then looked at everybody and said, don't do that. Don't just block yes. people up. Keep that room at your table. And it was such a good right. reminder that we as women, we have the opportunity to open our circle or close our circle. But yes. we need to take that opportunity to open our circle. So I thought that was kind of, it was funny. Um, but her also saying, you know what, in the end, God was orchestrating it because he put me exactly the people I needed right. um, to begin to build that community. Yes. And I think that's such a good point, especially as women Um, That we can walk in a scarcity mentality thinking that, you know, we're desperate to belong. All of us want to belong somewhere. And sometimes in an attempt to belong, we can isolate other people out of our circles or think that, you know, there's not enough to go around for everybody. But just like Christy said, don't be that person that says this table is closed. Like there's room for you here and to have that invitational spirit of bringing and drawing others in as well, which I think, you know, when we feel isolated, sometimes it's seeking out to help others not feel isolated that helps us find community as well. So it's it's interesting because I heard from some of uh, your table leaders um, how they were not, you know, they went in going, well, I'm going to host this table, so I'm going to have to carry, you know, the load of keeping the discussion going. But, uh, you know, I heard from multiple people that the other women at their table, they took that to heart and they began to minister to each other, um, especially people that were new, just like, being friends for them, um, praying with them, uh, being real. Um, So that was really exciting to see exactly what was being talked on on stage, like acted out right there at those tables. And I think that happens in um, our other communities as well, uh, whether it's grow groups, micro groups, whatever. Yeah, absolutely. They do. And and I think something that uh, just came to mind as you were saying that too, is that idea of I think some of us can be held back thinking, you know, I'm not a leader. I'm not somebody who is naturally, you know, 
gifted with my words or whatever, but just not letting that belief hold us back from thinking how we could encourage and be community for other people as well. Like it's not just for us to come and receive either. Like we're giving in that. And sometimes in the giving, when we're free to give even things that we think we don't have away, like encouragement or, you know, spiritual, um, uh, building up someone spiritually in something that you learned, like how, when we think that we can't do that, that holds us back from community, but taking the step to initiate and do that for other people, it's scary, but it's worth it. So that's interesting. Cause you know, one of the other big takeaways that I had from the night was something Anne brought up about uh, how you identify safe people. She talked about mm-hmm. uh, when she was coming out of uh, the, the, her marriage um, disintegrating and all of that. She purposefully put together um, mm-hmm. for, for lack of a better term, a board of directors in her life, of uh, which included um, counselors, so mm-hmm. trained counselors to help her go through uh, the divorce process, um, but also wise, safe people. And maybe they were a leader in one area, like she um, has talked to me about how she had someone that was really good with finances that could help her as now a newly single mom yeah. be able to help her with that piece. So I think we all have those pieces where we're really strong. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe we have sort of this idea in our head, like you were talking about, of what it means to be a leader, but maybe we have a piece that somebody else needs um, yeah. in their life and we can kind of lean into that and be that for them. Right. Yeah. And as you're saying that too, I was thinking about something for me growing up, I wouldn't have reached out to people that are not wired the same way that I am, um, whether that's, you know, a difference in personality or beliefs or whatever, but thinking about how important it is to be surrounded by people too, that are different and think differently than you. And just how that difference of opinion or difference of personality, that is good for the building up of our faith and the building up of who we are as a person, just to be more multifaceted in leadership or, you know, in being kind, whatever it is, it's different. Being able to learn that from people who are, have those different strengths around you. Yeah. And I think it kind of keeps us from finding ourselves in an echo chamber where we're just only hearing from people that say things the way we do and see things the way we do. And so all of a sudden Mm -hmm. um, we are no longer to, to use the verse that you, you, you preached on, you were no longer spurring each other on to hire right. things, to love and good deeds. We're simply just, uh, getting people to tell us what we want to hear. And, yeah. and that is one way to short circuit growth. Right. Yeah. And I think that, um, even similar to the analogy that I shared during Renew of a little girl with a splinter in her hand, she's hiding it because she's terrified that we're going to cause a lot of extra pain to her. But that idea of we have to get the splinter out because it could cause worse infection. It makes me think about too, there's sometimes I think the fear of the pain of being told the truth in the moment when you're, uh, you know, that you're wrong or you're walking in sin thinking, I'm just going to avoid this pain and keep everything, everyone totally isolated away from that and um, stay in the dark that that uh, keeps us from walking in freedom because we don't show it to our community. We don't let them in just because we fear the pain of them telling us the truth and finding out that we're wrong or knowing that we're wrong and not wanting to be told that we're wrong. That takes a certain amount of bravery. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's other things that we choose to be brave in, whether it's a new job or uh, a new pursuit or even just changing our hair sometimes. You know, we choose to be brave in those things. Yeah. But uh, it sometimes it, it takes getting some moxie going and, and deciding to be brave with other people. But I think that's why it's good to also understand, well, who are the right people yes. to share the real us with? Yeah. Because 
not everybody is worthy of hearing our story mm-hmm. um, or they're just not in the place or the season to do that. So I think we, you know, we talked a little bit about uh, following the peace. So the people that when we're around them, uh, not that they're just telling us what, what we want to hear, but they're true peacemakers. They make yeah. us have that sense of, I want to be better. I I feel at peace. I feel heard by this person, but they tell tr- tell me truth. Um, they're safe people, so they're uh, not tearing us down. They're not manipulating us. They don't. Right. Uh, we also talked a little bit about they're not people that just always need, need, need from us. Yeah. Um, they, they're free to give to us, and they spur us to give to them and to others. So there's yeah. not this sort of cycle of um, lem- let me suck the life out of you by yeah. needing, needing, needing all the time. Yeah. Uh, and that we all need some of those people in our lives that are mature, stable, mm-hmm. godly believers who can, uh, they don't need us to be their friends. They simply want us to be their friends. And, and you get this great mutual friendship. But it can be a little hard to find, and you just have to keep trying, right? You have yeah. to keep being open to trying uh, groups. You know, I... I work with our mixed grow groups, and uh, we'll talk about that a little bit, I think, later in these episodes. But one of the things that I try to tell people is sometimes you have to try two or three groups till you find the one that you can feel that sense of peace and growth and challenge. Uh, And there's no harm in that. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got their different flavor, but it's taken the courage to to try things. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me think about for for myself, as I have sought out community as a young adult and as an adult and and as a single adult specifically, I think there's um, some things that, that are obstacles for all of us really in any life stage. But for me specifically, what I have had to wrestle through as a single adult is knowing I can walk into a place and choose to belong, or I can walk into a place and wait till someone tells me that I belong. And so am I going to walk in and say, I'm enough in who Christ says I am, and I can find community here and also be a blessing to the people that are here. I don't have to be the recipient in this room of new people, but just thinking, you know, we're going to walk in with that courage to say, I'm going to choose to belong. And it may not be this group. Like you said, you may have to try several groups until you find the right fit, but am I willing to take the courage to take the step towards being a part of community? And it pays off. I know, I'm sure for you in your life, there's been opportunities where it has paid off to be courageous and take that step um, so is there any time in your life where you have had to seek out community and, and the courage to, to find that? Definitely certain points in my life, but one of the most life-giving experiences I have, and this kind of, you, you mentioned this earlier about not just surrounding us with people that are wired just like us. So I'd say in the last 10 years, I've worked to cultivate friendships with um, strong women who uh, I may not have always been super buddy-buddy with, growing up because I found them somewhat challenging to me. Like, you know, they would ask the hard questions. Uh, Maybe they were uh, a little more blunt even in their delivery or something like that. And I'm, you know, I I like uh, a very easy laid back type of friendship, but sometimes that's not always very challenging. So um, I have greatly enjoyed just uh, expanding my friendships with other women and uh, making friendships with folks that, uh, can, can really speak truth. Um, I think, for instance, uh, my grow group, we have just some awesome people that have done extremely well in their professional careers. And they've been able to give leadership insights into my life that have been uh, very um, 
just very formative for me as I, you guys can't see this, but I'm a 46-year-old uh, former stay-at-home mom restarting my career <laughs> um, after doing a lot of gig work and, and freelance work uh, while raising my kids. And so I have needed those mentoring type relationships um, and I have sought them out. And it's been so life-giving to to have um, the courage to, to step into those. And you know what? You try something. Sometimes you just don't click with somebody. And right. so you try it again and still not clicking. And that's okay. You can just be, you know, shoulder to shoulder walking through life. Maybe, you you know, you're not going to keep having coffee together on a weekly basis right. or whatever. But then you're going to find those hidden gems of friendships. Uh, and it's going to, you're going to breathe life into each other. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I love that you say, you know, like to continue on even when the first one is not the right fit. And that it's not wrong if there's somebody that's not the right fit. But just to continue to have the courage to reach out and be a part of other people's lives, whether that's friendships, mentor relationships, or community within like a small group. And so taking the opportunity to say this one failed path doesn't mean that it's not worth continuing down to find it and and to persevere until you find people that can come around you. And I can think of a a season in my life actually, where I was feeling very isolated as a, a, you know, I think I was upper twenties and I was living with uh, several girls who were much younger than me. And I had the opportunity to be in community with them, or I had the opportunity to totally isolate myself and just, you know, not, not do anything with them. And, and I chose in that moment, I was like, okay, I'm going to choose to be friends and be with these girls and love them. And, uh, you know, we could shepherd each other. Age is not the issue here. And I think, you know, as you continue to get older, age is is not an issue. It's just a number. So, um, but it was such a a learning year for me to live with them and do life with them when I at first didn't want to, but how God used that, I think, to cultivate so much good and righteous and truth, righteousness and truth in each of us as we like shared our lives together as four women following God. So, and did you like seeing the multi-generational dynamics that were going on? I mean, it was yeah. really cool to see just a, more than I remembered in the past even of multi-generations of women uh, gathering at Renew. So Absolutely. we had uh, young adults. We had uh, uh, moms that had gotten a night off and come. And we had uh, retirees. We had uh one of my friends who's very um, senior level executive in the oil and gas industry, uh, you know, at a table with strangers, leading them through discussion on the discussion questions that you came up with uh, on community. And so to me, that is what the body of Christ is meant to look like. Yeah. Not just uh, homogeneity, but, but all of us coming together and reflecting the beauty and diversity of God's kingdom of the church. Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much that I think, you know, as a young person, I know that looking up to those who are older, I always think, you know, I'm supposed to glean from them, but there's so much to be learned from each other. Like for anybody that is young out there that is getting into community, there's things that you're going to bring to those who are older and further on in their faith. There's still things that they can learn from you as you're new in your faith or exploring your faith or whatever that looks like. And same for um, those that are older. I mean, obviously there's a great amount of wisdom and experience that we who are younger can glean from that. And so when that comes together, there's something powerful that happens that we can learn from each other and be useful to each other and spur one another on towards love and good deeds together. It's good. Well, um, Kasha, tell me a little bit about what kind of benefit 
that Christ-centered community has had in your life as you have sought it out? Well, I think one of the most poignant times for me was, it's been about five or six years ago, and like most marriages, you have your ups and downs, and we were having a real down Mm -hmm. year. Um, Just, it was a time of, you know, we'd been in it about 20 years at that point, and it's, it's, that oftentimes what happens, especially if you've got kids and you're busy and you start to kind of live separate lives and you kind of start to drift away. But during that time, we had begun having um, a microgroup type experience with another couple that we then went on later. <laughs> They're co-leaders for our grow group, but we began to just study the word together. And so during that season, they um, they provided not just the spiritual care, but some practical care for us. They were babysitters for our kids while we got marriage counseling. Um, They were, we allowed them in on our story Mm. and it gave us the stamina to keep going and to keep doing the very hard work of um, kind of reinventing our marriage. And I don't think we could have gone through that had we not had those friends. And what happened at at the end of that, that rough time Um, we had grown in our faith. Um, We had been um, set free of some old mindsets and things like that. And then the four of us were then able to eventually um, begin to have a small group that uh, meets in our neighborhood. And so able to hopefully provide that for other people too, to say, hey, we're not perfect people. In fact, we're far from it. And um, let me share our story with you when it's appropriate. Um, even this week when our, our grow group met, uh, we were, we've been studying the life of David, David using uh, leadership lessons from that. And, um, I told a, you know, a, a pretty transparent story about, uh, a major parenting fail that I had made, uh, with my, one of my children and, and being called on it by that child. And, and, and there were, there was a lot of, uh, repair work that had to be done there, but I, have been able to walk through those things um, with my community and not yeah. be afraid, not feel like I have to be perfect or be um, act somehow other than I am. I could simply be me, Kasha, work, mm-hmm. warts and all. Mm-hmm. And but knowing that I'm also not settling. I mean, that's the thing we talk about spurring on. You want people that still call you to come up higher, yeah, and so that don't just. Um, kind of wish away or excuse away a sin. And so having people that listen and empathize, but still call me yeah. on my stuff is really important because otherwise, um, though I'm not going to change my standing with Jesus as far as I'm still saved, I'm still yeah. his beloved daughter. Uh, but I also want to be effective in the ministry that he's called me to. Mm-hmm. And when I say ministry, I don't mean like, oh, church job or, you know, preacher or whatever. I mean, he has ordained good works for us yeah. to walk in. He's He's calling us to spur one another to mm-hmm. love and good deeds. But we can't walk in those if we're not willing, um, like the story you told of the little girl, to to bring that splinter out to be seen yeah. and have someone help us um, get that out into the light of Jesus so we can move on from it. Absolutely. Oh, I love that you shared that. It just the, the idea of the, the pain that the truth can cause in our lives, but how that calls us higher and how God, I mean, I think, you know, there's probably been moments in each of our lives where we've 
been around people who haven't told us the truth and how stagnant we could be in our faith or just in life in general and knowing that there's so much more that God is calling us to. And I think it protects us against discouragement when there's times where, you know, we feel discouraged or hopeless, but it also protect us, protects us from walking in unintentional sin or intentional sin that, you know, there's things that, that Satan's waiting behind every turn to try to trap us and get a foothold. But having those people that will point it out and say, hey, listen, that's, that is not the truth or that's not how God has made you to, to walk in, what he has made you to walk in or the life that he's called you to. And that takes some courage too. It takes courage to be the one to call out something in another person. And, uh, you know, it's not, I I am not one that likes to just, you know, we talk about truth and love. We're going to, yeah. But people tend to kind of be one or the other. They're either all truth and bringing it, or Mm -hmm. they are all love and like being gushy. And uh, maybe they're kind of shying away from telling you what you need to hear. And so it's been, you know, community means that you get to to learn from Jesus how to to do truth in mm. love uh, and be brave on both sides as, as the one receiving and the one giving. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to truly love someone is to tell the truth in love, which sometimes feels like it's not because it does hurt in the moment, but it's for their benefit. And I've been convicted in the past because I much more lean towards the love side and not the truth side. Um, but when we ignore one or the other, that we aren't loving people well. So it's the truth in love and balance in there too. But being able to speak the truth because when I don't, it's a lot of times just out of my own fear, which is really just selfish and motivation. So if I can get past that selfishness to love my brothers and sisters or whoever God's telling me to tell this thing to, to speak the truth in love. I always laugh when I think about truth and love because I I remember I spent a whole day uh, with friends that had been with friends all day. There were pictures that we had, selfies, things like this. Got to the end of the day, started looking through my selfies from the day, a whole day with my friends, my girlfriends, and there was spinach in my teeth oh, no. in those pictures. I'm like, who are you people that you would not tell me that I had stuff in my teeth? And, and know. you know, it, it, we have laughed about it, but it's like, you know, how much more so uh, something that's really concerning about someone's spiritual life. Yeah. Like we've got to be there for each other. Right. We've got to care enough about a sister that we're going to say, hey, I love you, but can we talk about this? Yeah. And, and I'm not the final authority on this, but I'm getting some red flags over here. Yep. Can you can you share with me what's going on? Yes, totally. I know. And to have, have that community around us that we can trust. And I think it's finding people that you do trust because if there isn't trust built there, having that truth and love sometimes is just pushing the splinter a little deeper in, in that metaphor if, if there's not that trust built. But even, you know, having the discernment to see, have I built trust in relationship with this person to speak this to them too is important. Mm-hmm. Well, I have loved getting to talk with you, Kasha, as always. I get to talk to Kasha every day. <laughs> I'm very blessed. But I have loved this conversation, getting to talk a little bit more about uh, the things that we talked about at Renew. And so, again, if you didn't get to follow or be a part of our event, you can follow up at faithbridge.org slash renew and watch it on demand. We filmed the whole thing with the talk in our panel. Here are some amazing stories from them. So I would encourage you to go back and listen to that. 
And if you want to keep listening to us, we are going to drop another podcast for the next five weeks from here. We'll be talking about different aspects of community um, because it is so important to our growth with Jesus. He didn't design us for isolation. So the next five episodes, we'll be diving into those specific ways, um, ways that you can get connected here at FaithBridge. And if you're listening and you don't go to FaithBridge or you live somewhere across the country, these, these are probably things at your local church that you can get connected with as well. Um, so I'm really excited. You're, there's going to be several guests uh, in the next few weeks that you'll get to hear from, right, from our FaithBridge community. Um, and I'm just excited for what God's going to do and what we're going to hear from those women. And hopefully you will be spurred on towards love and good deeds and towards community as well to take that step of courage, um, if you haven't yet, to try to find some people that can surround you with God's truth and, and move you towards love and good deeds. So. Uh, we are going to end our podcast with a really fun question each week. So uh, each week we're going to ask our guests, what is something that has brought you joy this week? So Kasha, is there anything that you can think of that has brought you joy this week? Besides that Oreo cupcake that I had last <laughs> night after Renew, because that was pretty joyful yes. <laughs> to the end. Yes. Um, I would say that uh, probably it has been, again, just um, – that time with my grow group on our back porch this week, talking about leadership and just knowing that when I shared a pretty vulnerable story, they all leaned in and said, hey, that's happened to me too. Yeah. Boy, did that bring me peace and joy and just made me, made me feel so known. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Well, something that's brought me joy this week, I think, is getting to hear from different women who attended Renew and just the things that God did. Um, so the ways that he spoke to them or the people and the connections that were made. Um, I heard a story from one of our table leaders about two women that came in together that actually had lived in the same place and neither of them knew where they were going at the moment, but they got to connect and they ended up sitting together and having great conversation all night long um, at Renew, which is such a gift just to hear the encouragement of what God did through that event. So that was such a, a joyful thing for me to hear. So thank you ladies again for joining us on this podcast. We can't wait for you to listen in for the next five weeks. We'll see you next week on Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in to this episode. We hope you found it helpful and encouraging. At FaithBridge, we're all about real people, real life as we pursue our mission of making more and stronger disciples of Jesus Christ. Check out our other podcasts, including our weekly sermons at faithbridge.org slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts.